Together we can mobilize a global mission force to finish the task. This is your tribe. Hello, welcome. Uh, hi. Today, oh, hi. <laughs> so today our special guests uh, are not just one person, but a lovely couple uh, who are also my very good friends. Uh, they are from Switzerland. Um, so right now they are in, um, I don't know, what, what, what was the city in Switzerland again? Zurich, close Zurich. to Zurich. That's right. Um, uh, you know, they, they were, used to be missionaries here in Taiwan, but now they're leading uh, the, uh, the, the, the mission network and also the association AEM. So let's welcome Ellen and Rita Huddenschild. It's a pleasure to be pleasure here today to... with you all. All right. Hey, Hello, friend. Yeah. And how are you doing? It looks like a very sunny day out there. Well, after a lot of rainy and dark days, we, we are pleased to have a very blessed yeah. sunny day. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ellen, uh, since uh, we, uh, we know each other for, I think, more than, more than 10 years now, right? Uh, you know, since I was a boy, <laughs> Probably 15 years. almost almost twenty years, yes. I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah. I, when yeah. I entered CCEA yeah. two thousand two, yeah. So so probably oh, yeah. there, there was a, there was a while ago, but uh, so so Alan and Rita they had such a great journey as uh, as missionaries and also mission mobilizers. Just tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your journey and how God has been uh, leading you this way. And, uh, you know, not just uh, spending a lot of time in, uh, in ministry, but also in a, a very different culture. And now uh, going back to your own uh, you know, originated uh, context and be a mobilizer. So, Alex, well, we started when we came to Taiwan. For about eight years, we were in church planting and we never anticipated to be involved or get involved into mobilization. Mm -hmm. We were in a church planting mission organization. Mm -hmm. And so for the first years, doing Mandarin study was the big thing to do anyway, because we said, okay, <laughs> the first missionary who, who met us at the airport said, you know, after 10 years, you'll be fine. You know, first you'll learn Chinese and then maybe somebody will listen to what you have to say. That was the start, right? <laughs> That's right. And because of this, we decided to just uh, build missional churches. We figured that Chinese would always copy what works. So our mission decided to go that track and to just build new churches that from the very beginning emphasize the, the Lord's mission among the, among the nations. And that was, that was our vision right from the beginning to enforce yeah, that. That's great. And, and tell us a little bit of uh, what, what you're doing now, uh, especially uh, after 20 years, 25 years uh, in, in Taiwan, and now you're back in Switzerland and, um, and, 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 and your work as, as, a, as a director of AEM and just tell, you, tell us a little bit about that, right? Okay, I, I just have to say, I didn't really want to come back to Switzerland, but the Lord made very clear, I need you here. Um, and now what uh, I enjoy uh, helping mission leaders of various mission organizations to do 
uh, a good job to be encouraged in sending out new missionaries to the nations. And one of my major responsibilities is to just bring them together, to have them talking to each other, to exchange their, uh, their experience and make sure that nothing is lacking, that they can do a great job. Mm -hmm. Among those things, uh, we uh, also have gatherings for young, young people mm -hmm. every other year. For instance, we uh, have introduced, or I have introduced Kairos mm -hmm. um, into the whole mission movement here. And also another smaller program that works very well to connect with the churches, to mm -hmm. just make mission again a topic in church life and the life of Christians who are interested to ask what the will of God is in their lives. All right. So um, we'll come back to AEM again, but uh, I think we, we, we are better to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so, so your missionary journey, uh, so God has sent you all the way from Germany and Switzerland, uh, come to e Far East Asia. But, um, but how, how did you guys uh, get to journey together? Um, or you just said, you know, this is a place to be. We just want to go for missions. I like Chinese food. I, I know there must be something, right? Something uh, or, or, or a very special uh, calling or, or leading uh, to, um, to, 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 to where you are right now. Well, Ray, I'm going to give you the most not exciting story, just very simple story. We Germans like to shake hands when we say hello mm -hmm. or when we commit to something. And in 1985, um, I, I grew up as a Catholic and more traditional home. Mm -hmm. And when with 21 and I became a Christian, I mean, I committed to Jesus, understood finally what this Jesus had to do with me. And an elderly lady from that church plant, it was not really a church there then in the south of Germany, very Catholic area. She gave me a book from Hudson Taylor at the time. And I read it and I was so excited. And I said to God, I want to do something like this guy and go to the Chinese. And it felt like God shook his hand with me and said, okay, you go girl. And that was really, I wasn't a Christian for a few months when I already, when God had put it in my heart that I want to minister among the Chinese. And when we got to know each other, that is a story by itself as well, because we didn't live close by. But then yeah. eventually when we got to know each other, we both found out later after we've been writing to each other at the time, there was no email, no <laughs> calls and stuff, you know, so Eventually, we learned from each other uh, that we both are interested in Chinese. Allah has his different story at that time. So God had already prepared mm. two of us independently that we were geared to wanting to minister with Chinese. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there were no Chinese in our neighborhoods around anyway. So There was no call from heaven in my case and nothing like that. But okay, no, no thunder lights, no. <laughs> no, no, not really. So it was, it didn't, people from the outside couldn't see what was happening inside my heart. <laughs> when, when a Taiwanese lady in our church in South Germany, one day stood up after the sermon and invited everyone who is interested to learn Chinese to come to her and have lessons. And from then on, the Lord has given me um, 
uh, an interest in the Chinese culture. So mm. it, 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 I said, Let me, this, is, this is not normal, Lord. If, if this is from you, keep it. And, <laughs> and of course he did. And from then on, it was a sudden interest in the Chinese culture I have never had before. That's so really that amazing. was something special for me. And that's how it started, actually. How I, that knew, mm -hmm. I would go to a Bible school, but I didn't know why the Lord led me to that. But after, after that experience, I was sure. Afterwards, somehow, I will go to the Chinese. Right. So, so but, you know, there must be some uh, different struggles. Uh, because what surprised me the most is not, you know, for somebody have a have an interest in the Chinese culture because you know there are a lot of people have interest in Chinese culture, but to really devote themselves and really spend time to get to know the culture and everything. You even finish your PhD thesis in in Chinese language. Demen. <laughs> yeah, demen, right? So that's a. I, I still have the book, you know, a very thick book, and it's everything in Chinese. Even you, you have a, a help, uh, some help from from the locals, but apparently you know what you're writing about, right? So that's some commitment we're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, but that's the cool thing that you don't, you can't do it. It's like something you just planted that seed in us, and. We never doubted it. We just never doubted it. Uh, but we do have a very different approach on, you know, how you, how you actually go through it, even if in our hearts, we never doubted it. But even when we arrived in Taiwan, the first date, Alain had a smile like this. He felt like I'm coming home finally. And I had to hold my tears back because I thought, oh my goodness, I felt now I'm trapped at this island. <laughs> I'm like a prisoner for the rest of my life. But these were things also, uh, honestly, I had to learn is a different spiritual atmosphere in a yeah. different country. Yeah. I'm more sensitive in, in that area. So I, I, I did have a sense of that other spirits I didn't know yeah. from coming from, from Germany where I grew up. Yeah, because, uh, okay, for, for most of our audience, I think uh, they are like one way or another a mobilizer or relate to mobilization uh, you know, of, of missions. But uh, I think what um, what stand out the most is you know your 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 previous experience as missionaries that makes you uh, such a con very convincing mobilizer, right? Because you have been there and been done that. Many mobilizers have you know have little short term mission trips here there, or sometimes they are just like church pastors have one or two like mission trips to some foreign countries and they become uh, an advocate for missions. But uh, since you guys are seasoned, uh, you know, seasons is, is a very nice word to say, but you know. Yeah, thank you. These missionaries and they have very, very much, uh, you know, a cross-cultural, uh, you know, experience and, and, and context. So how does that help as a, as a, as a mobilizer? Well, I must say, um, the experience in Taiwan has um, sensibilized us for the intercultural aspect of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Gospel is not something that any culture has inherited or has a right to. Um, well, the way we do it is, is right. Mm -hmm. 
So to, to see the gospel as, as something that has to live in dif with different clothes of culture that has been uh, a very, that has been a lesson for me. Mm -hmm. Coming back to Switzerland, I realized that things, uh, the society here has changed dramatically. Mm. There are many more nations among us today than were when I left Switzerland many years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think in this account, uh, my experience in Asia or our experience in Asia uh, uh, are, are, very, are very precious and helpful. Um, right now we are engaged in preparing a next church planting and it's in a place with, with uh, it's against 100 or about 100 different nationalities. Oh. And it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that such a thing close in our neighborhood is happening and nobody else really took That's care of right. it. No church. Yeah, no so, church. so God, God had bring people to your doorsteps and, and we need to do something about it. And sometimes we're, we're always considering mission as from this place to a foreign country, from this end to another. But often we, we were kind of people blindness about our, our surroundings, our neighborhood. Uh, I think uh, most of the gateway cities around the world are, are very similar. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that's for sure in Switzerland's case, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. definitely. I mean, like 37% of the Swiss population has migrate, migrant background. Oh, okay. That's a very high percentage. So when I uh, walk in our town, which is only about 20 plus thousand people, not mm -hmm. 100,000, just 20 plus thousand. When I walk out there, probably only every fourth or third person would speak Swiss German. And I hear a lot of other languages. I don't even know what they are. Mm. I mean, some other European languages I'm not familiar with because we haven't been living here for so long. Mm -hmm. mm. So can you just uh, just share a little bit of, about uh, uh, AEM? Because, uh, you know, most of people are not really familiar with the structure, especially in the European setting. Uh, in, in, in many countries, you have this uh, Evangelical Missions Alliance. So, um, so how, how, how does that work? And how does that function? How does that help the church and the mission organizations to move forward together? Well, the AEM is the abbreviation for Association of Evangelical Missions and an umbrella organization of mission organizations in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. It's a similar construct in Germany and also in Austria. And they work together with the local evangelical alliance, national evangelical alliance. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just one of its groups um, or connected to it. So it serves, uh, it serves in its capacity, it serves the church's need to uh, understand intercultural missions and what it's all about. So it's a kind of um, center of missiology within the church structured through mission organizations in and outside of the country and uh, providing all the informations and services in need to get the job done among the nations. Yeah, but, uh, but we all know the Christian missions and Christian uh, churches, uh, different denominations are most of the time very diverse. You know, we all have our own, uh, you know, agendas, uh, different organizations, different visions, purpose statements. Uh, 
and uh, <clears throat> not not saying it's not possible, but it's it's really challenging, you know, to to work together. And sometimes it's even like because I, I should say sometimes people are in organization kind of territorial. You know, this is my thing, my people. This denomination, you know, is is more related to us, and the other one is not. So how, how, how does that work uh, since you are in this position? Um, I don't want to put you in a hot spot, but uh, just tell us a little bit about the, the, the challenge and, and how it works for you. Well, um, also we are very diverse and do very different things. There are some common needs that bring us together to the questions, how can we met them together? Or how can this be done in a way that saves money that uh, resources. provides resources everyone needs in a more economic way, mm. like uh, healthcare, member care, theological training, and um, also prepare, preparing for um, situations abroad where you have security issues politically or those things. Mm. Uh, these are just a number of, of, of uh, items that keep uh, a business manager or an executive director busy uh, full week, every week. Mm. Um, uh, we have uh, 39 mission members or uh, member yes. organizations. Among them, we have five theological training centers. We, are not, we, we do not send missionaries per se, but we have mission departments or mission training courses provided in the theological training centers and therefore would see um, a, a big need to connect with all the other mission organizations mm -hmm. and provide them with, with professional people to do a better job. Mm. Besides, we have um, together with the uh, AEM in Germany, we have um, a professional missiological institute mm. called uh, AEWM. Academy of World Missions in cooperation with Columbia International University mm -hmm. and a lot of our money our membership money also goes to support that and um, we have done good experience with that. That's great uh, so it's following what you just said Rita you have been involved with uh, your, your organization Send International and also uh, as 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 um, as a as a leading force for the uh, member care sphere and uh, quite a few coaching uh, and mentoring, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for for the upcoming emerging uh, leaders and and youngsters and and, and the new uh, recruits, and tell us a little bit about that. Is that all right? Uh, especially for for we as mobilizers. Uh, I, I often say it's very important for us to see mobilization is not just recruiting, but also a, a holistic consideration, for, you know, for different uh, uh, necessary uh, parts and, and elements for missions and, and mission force. Yeah, I would probably say that even in the stage of mobilization, if, if I was the one who would 
create the training for an organization and you, I probably would start with coaching right then when you recruit people because people need people to connect to. It's not, you know, you, you can't just be handed over always to other people. Now you go through the process, maybe in this country, and then you have no connection there whatsoever. So I do really enjoy when, uh, when leaders call me into that journey, even in the in the process when before people get sent out. So then I can get an opportunity to talk with them about their challenges, what they have before they come on the field, but then I already have a, a established a connection with them. So when they start afresh in, in their the new country, the new location where they live and they're supposed to do language or get into a ministry, then I can meet up with them. I've already established the trust. And that's where it also all really comes in handy that we have been ministering abroad for so many years because now these people come in and I already get their trust because they know, well, somehow she's ma she'd made it out there for 25 years. So there must be something yeah, I can yeah. learn from her. So that comes in there. So I, and the other thing is what it's maybe a new model that I'm not for most of the coaching, I'm not responsible to the leadership as a coach to inform them what's happening beside those kind of things when the mission has a standard, okay, the people have to reach a certain level of language and I do the rating, you know, that is very much straightforward talk. But people can feel like they can let me into their lives without their leaders or anybody on their team, you know, knowing about all of their stories. So mm. that is a very unique model. A lot of businesses do that. So mm -hmm. people know they can come to me anytime, any uh, with any situation, and I can coach them or, or mentor them. And I, yeah, and I, I can see that when you come alongside, the first two years are really crucial for people in in their transition. And I can see that it helps people uh, right. really with that attrition problem that people might stay longer out there. Mm -hmm. You know, after hearing this, I asked my wife to call you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so for people who want to come to <laughs> Europe, you know, from Chinese world, there's, there's somebody All who right. can help. Yeah. You yeah, could right. build up a mission here. I you can know, come inside. <laughs> the Chinese network in Europe waits for yeah. such people. Yeah, wait, you know, the, the, for, for most of the audience, uh, if you're watching this the very first time, it's, it's really interesting uh, for, for me personally, because I, I, you know, I often talk with uh, Alan and Rita in, in Mandarin, not in English. So, so this uh, interview is conducted in English is, is uh, actually very interesting for us because we often talk in Mandarin. <laughs> and and right. one more thing, very private. I just let you know that your refrigerator is still in my home and it's still functioning. Uh, all right. Years, oh. After all these years. <laughs> Since they, they they left Taiwan about five years ago, and uh, and we took over the uh, the uh, laundry machine and the refrigerator, we changed the laundry machine because it's too, okay. They too, don't too, keep too they dirty. don't keep that long, but I, I I still miss that refrigerator because I couldn't get one as nice as I had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one one last thing before we go, and I really want to get to the bottom of this. Uh, and, 
we all know uh, nowadays in the, in the last of I will say the 30 40 years the the shift of gravity of Christianity is a very uh, dramatic you know the uh, where it used to be the mission field now becoming the mission force and that that had been the the main uh, thing especially for the global mobilization network uh, Nowadays, we're seeing missionaries sent from the so-called majority world, from Latin America, from uh, you know Far East Asia, from the uh, uh, from from Africa, from from India to uh, you know every other part of the world, and apparently uh, Europe, for example, used to be the you know mission sending uh, base. But nowadays, uh, more is it have become more, uh, you know, such a needy uh, mission field, and needs to be. How how does that work? You know, the partnership, and 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 can you see some um, some possibilities for future to build on, especially in your context? Uh, definitely, um, there is a there is a growing openness for partnerships on one side. And apart from that, the Lord has uh, brought a lot of migrant people to this place to help us uh, to just see beyond our own cultural borders in Europe and discussions, you know, going the way, how can we help them also, of course, from the side of the church, also open stores um, for various other types of ministries. Mm -hmm. For people coming from the outside, with the intention to assist the local churches, though, it is difficult without local assistance from Christians with a heart for them to enter a ministry. We mm -hmm. have in our church, in our own church here, where we are in the Baptist church, we have seen a couple coming and uh, they have had a special burden. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy to, uh, to, to build the bridge for the history here, for the background here. And this, it would be very important for any people who come with that burden on their heart to immerse a little bit in the local culture, to learn about the history of the local churches here. And the language. It's not, and, and the language is, is the main, it's is, is the same thing as, as it was for us in Taiwan, um, uh, for, for, for those who come to this place. But in addition, because we have in many places very critical thinking um, with some religious uh, mixtures in it, it would be important to study a little bit about the background of this type of thinking in order to place the gospel in a different but and yet efficient way in their hearts. There are people with needs and mm -hmm. If you talk about needs, there is a lot of commonality, regardless of how it's expressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what we see a lot here is that the, let's say the national churches who are there, they're very willing to let other migrant people use their facilities. You know, maybe yes. they, they use the church in the afternoon and they do their service there. And in fact, I just learned last week that there is about 500 migrant churches in Switzerland. With, wow. And there's eight million people, so 500 churches, migrant churches, is, is quite a quite a uh, number, and there and, can be more. And they are taken care of by the local Swiss church. 
you know, where, where mm -hmm. the, their leaders, the training for their pastors or so is, is on the heart of the local church mm -hmm. leaders mm -hmm. in Switzerland too. Yeah. So including, for instance, the Chinese churches. That's and great. yet uh, there is still much to do. Uh, it's yeah. not, not yet uh, very, very progressed, but we are, we are on track in that account. Thank you very much, Alan and Rita. I think this is great, uh, especially for us to hear from you personally, your, your missionary journey and also a journey as a mobilizer. Um, but, uh, you know, th this, is, this is something we all need to, to cherish, especially uh, such a journey is unique. But I, I think God has been, uh, you know, you know, invest in every and each one of us to have a special journey with and um, working alongside with him. And thank you very much for today and your time and uh, just pray all the best and pray all the best for your, your boy and hope, you know, after this uh, pandemic, we can all see each other very, very soon face to face. Yes, thank we you. hope yes. that very much. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much.